what's the cost of staying the same? Is that where you end up in addiction? Is that where you end up with a heart attack? Is that where you end up in burnout? If you don't do something about this, does your team start to dissipate and people start dropping like flies? Like, I'm going to go work for this company. I'm quit because you didn't want to make a hard call about something you knew about. Well, if you don't change, then sometimes the universe changes things for you. And that pain is a lot harder. Welcome to Evolve Leadership, the arena where high-achieving leaders are challenged to redefine their limits. My name is Angus Nelson. I grew up in the United States, and I now live in Lisbon, Portugal. I'm an executive coach, and I've spent my career advising and training leaders from startups to Fortune 500 companies. And here's what I've learned. An old, ineffective leadership framework will always keep you on a hamster wheel, consumed with work-life balance, burnout, and stress. Here on the show, each week we'll help you rethink the path to achievement. We'll help you discover new principles, new philosophies to the modern leader. Look, the world is relentlessly changing, demanding a new era of leaders. It's time to redefine your limits. So enter the arena, my friend. It's time to evolve. A couple of weeks ago, I was talking to a client and she tells me, I'm super self-aware. As we continue to talk, she goes on to acknowledge that everything in her business is plateaued. She knows that she's meant for something greater and there's a next level, level she wants to go to. And I'm like, cool, 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 cool. Then she shares all of these challenges that she's been having and the weaknesses that she recognizes in her leadership you know, some of the things that, you know, internally and externally, she admits that she's created some of the own, her own chaos, and she definitely and definitively wants to become a better leader. Sweet. This is awesome. So then as I begin to guide her into the direction of exposing what's driving some of these issues she's facing, and we start to get deeper and talking, I'm asking some questions to go beyond just the knowledge of these weaknesses and idiosyncrasies. And suddenly she shuts down. Hmm. I'm like, where did you just go? And she's like, well, I, I don't want to do this, she tells me. And I'm like, well, why? What's going on? She's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just feeling all this resistance. And so I go and explore further. And I'm asking her some more questions and probing to find out what's driving this. She's like, look, look, I've read these books dot, 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 you know, this book, that book, whatever. I've worked with these coaches, dot, 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 dot. I've done these things. I've been through these programs. Look, I know this stuff. And I'm like, hold on, let's, let's, let's take a breath. And I go on to tell her that just because you know something doesn't mean you're doing something about it. I tell her like, it's, it's, it's a thing that you have to understand that just because you know a thing doesn't mean you're able to implement it in your life. And if you're listening and this sounds like familiar to you, I'd say that like information is like food. You know, you consume it, it feels good, it tastes good. But if you don't metabolize it, if you don't turn yeah. it into action, it just accumulates and it becomes like mental flab. And that's where so many people are. They're like information hoarders. Like just, oh, just let me go to another conference. Let me read another book. Let me listen to another podcast. Let me watch another YouTube video. 
and they're collecting all these insights, all this strategy, all this knowledge. They know a lot about a lot of things, but they're not implementing them. Mm. And for this client, her two primary needs, adaptability and awareness, they were not being met by information alone. She needed action. She wasn't taking action on the things that she knew. And it's like another one of my clients, this guy who he knew that his wife's love language was quality time. And so he then implemented a weekly date night. And then lo and behold, the relationship reignited with passion and understanding. Imagine that. And for his children, he committed to being fully present. So when he get home at the end of the day, he'd put his phone in another room. And during dinners and engaging activities, the phone was not disrupting him. He was there to love on his kids. And the emotional distance that once had been uh, was no longer. And he found this newfound connection and newfound closeness and admiration that his kids were giving him because he was fully there. They felt his attention. And this is what happens when you take not just owning, learning, knowing, and putting it with action. So you have to understand that information is like being given a roadmap, but action turns it into a journey. Information is like the starting line, but action is the actual race. And it's the race that each step takes you closer to becoming the leader and the person you aspire to be. And Tim, that's what we're going to talk about today, is that yeah. is not everything. Right. And Angus, how many times, how many of us are guilty like of, of, oh yeah, I have that book. It's somewhere on the bookshelf, you know, and we've flipped through it a few times, or maybe we've read it all, but actually implementing it uh, is part of this idea of self-awareness. So self-awareness gets thrown around a lot and uh, it doesn't simply mean you're aware of the problems, but don't do anything about it. Now, Self-awareness in business, especially, and that's what we do with a lot of businesses, is extremely valuable, right? It helps improving decision-making. So you can be more in alignment between your choices and your personal values. It helps with emotional regulation. So you know when, you're, you, know when you get triggered and you know how to manage your reactions uh, in business situations or with your team, with your spouse, with your wife, uh, with your husband, uh, enhance leadership skills, right? So you're able to collaborate with effective teams, authenticity, increase resilience. You can bat, bounce back faster. But self-awareness in itself inherently requires taking action on the problems, right? We can't just go, oh, yeah, I have this problem. And I think we've all done this to a certain degree, but we've all met people who have all the labels. Oh, yeah, I'm ADD or I'm I, I have this or I have that, or my personality is this, and they use it as an excuse not to take action, and they stay in their same problems. Well, today we want to move forward from just awareness, you know, just awareness of the problem to action. Come on, come on. You know, it's like when you see something, when you identify something in your life, you're like, oh, I just lost my temper. Oh, man, that was super sarcastic. I'm sounding like a bit of a dick right now. And we like kind of know that thing. It's like the check engine light goes on. It's blinking. Like, but how many times do we like either let ego 
get in the way. We let like our pride, like we don't want to admit a mistake or we're just unwilling to do the work in that moment to course correct. Like we feel like that might say something about us or we're afraid it's going to, maybe it's going to take much longer or we're going to have to explain ourselves. Like there's these weird nuances about why we don't actually take action. That's the stuff that is really the most powerful to uncover. And yet leaders who act on their self-awareness experience 50% less stress, right? And there are 21% more productive than those who don't act on the things they notice. This is coming from the American Psychological Association. Tim, we know that when you don't act, the cost of inaction can create so much more havoc, right? Yeah. I mean, Angus, it's like, I, I love that illustration with the check engine light uh, in college and definitely in my early twenties, I would be the, I would see the check engine light and just hope that it would go away somehow magically, you know? Yeah. And then sometimes I would take into the shop and they go, oh yeah, that's going to be, you know, $400 worth of work. And I would wait on that. Right. I would wait on that. But many times it's, if, if we wait on, Many times we wait until the pain of not taking action is greater than the pain of actually making the change. So I'm driving down the road and my car breaks down and now it's thousands of dollars worth of repairs instead of if I had just gotten that two or three hundred, four hundred dollar pair uh, repair. But that happens with everything. We talked about this a couple episodes ago with health. Many times, you know, the guy that goes, oh, I don't have time to exercise right now. I'm just so busy in my job and role. Well, all of a sudden the heart attack comes and now i suddenly have the time to make room for it because the pain of not changing is catching up right or I, the person who isn't present with their spouse because they're working like crazy isn't present with their family and all of a sudden the bags are packed at the door and they're ready to take off um, and so many times if we can forecast ahead of time and make the change now as painful it may be it's going to save us a lot of pain in the end, and, and we see it in, in business all the time. Um, Angus, I remember this magical place that we would go to on Friday nights when I was growing up. It was called Blockbuster Video. I, I knew remember that? Good. Yeah, and so I would get red vines. I would get that cheap extra butter microwave popcorn, and we would get a VCR video, right, that we would we would play. And remember you had to rewind them before, you know, like be kind, <laughs> rewind. But yeah. Blockbuster, they like, owned the video industry. They were king of VHS video. And they had the opportunity to buy Netflix for $50 million. And they decided against it. And they just underestimated the potential of digital media streaming. And even though there was a clear shift and there were clear check engine lights that everything was shifting towards digital, they decided to stick with their brick and mortar and as a result, I mean, in less than 10 years, they were bankrupt. And Netflix is now, what, $200 billion or more at the yeah. time. And so there's, there's this really powerful thing about being able to forecast, what is it going to cost me if I don't change? Mm -hmm. Rather than just go, oh, yeah, I know, I, you know, I know this is wrong with me, but it's too hard to take action or the resistance that your client faced. If we can actually forecast and say, I'm going to make the hard choice now, it'll cost us a little bit on the front end or, or, or much less than it would if everything starts to fall apart on the back end. Am I right? 
Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you're saying on the business side, I would also say um, person that comes to mind is kind of in the perception of denial is Elizabeth Holmes. And if you remember, she's the one who was behind Theranos. And they, if you're not familiar with the whole story and biotech, there's speaking of Netflix, there's a show about it on Netflix (laughs) and uh, plug, plug. So you would just, you know, basically take a drip of blood, you know, off your finger and they would run these tests and they could like revolutionize, you know, research and find all the different ways that maybe you had this disease or this problem just from a drop of blood. And as they moved forward, she knew the thing wasn't working, that they didn't have the same kind of technology that they were promising. It didn't exist. But she chose to ignore the truth, thinking that, oh, the technology will catch up. They will finally figure it out. And instead, she just kept plowing forward, pushing forward, and making all these claims that simply did not fit the truth. And her failure to confront these problems and take the corrective action to say, you know what, we're not quite there yet. Or, hey, um, some of the things that we had hoped to do aren't quite where we want to be. We're finding notes on other partners or whatever, just to have some transparency and some clarity. Man, she instead kept pushing forward with a lack of action to correct, even though she had the knowledge that what they were doing was fraudulent. And as such, she's now in prison today. And this is what happens when in a different facet, you know something to be true and not take action, that it can actually damage your reputation and it can actually interrupt your life in very severe ways. Yeah, Angus, and taking action changes everything, right? Even it's the smallest incremental steps when we take ownership and action, that's when we see leaders like uh, Ariana Huffington, right? She had that health wake up for her. She was a co-founder of Huffington Post, faced severe health issues during to uh, because of sleep deprivation, stress in her role, and realizing the need for change. She took responsibility and she founded the Thrive Global, a company that aims to end stress and the epidemic of burnout that is in so many C-suite leaders and really create a healthy work-life balance for herself, but not only that, for other people as well. Let me just pause for a second to say this. There is one trait that you will find in every successful leader, no matter their industry, no matter their role. And that trait is action. And we wanna inspire ambitious leaders like you to bet on yourself and take action on those audacious goals that you see in your heart. That's why we created our 90-Day Accelerator. It's a results-driven, battle-tested framework designed specifically for high-performing leaders like you to get unstuck and propel you towards your goals. And in just 90 days, you won't even recognize a person you used to be. To be a part of this elite community, go to evolveleadership.org. Now, back to the show. Agreed. Sometimes it takes courage, right? To make the tough call or what might people think. And for Ariana, it was, you know, doing something that could be, you know, seen as deeply personal. Like, I am having an issue and I want to fix it. And someone else that makes me think of is um, uh, Iron Man. 
you know, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, when he had his bout with substance abuse and anyone could have written him off. It's like, oh, you just, you know, druggy, blah, blah, blah. Oh, he's back in rehab again. But he stayed at it and made the courageous choice to take action. And so he, when he checked himself in and started getting all of the treatments, you know, for his addiction, and he finally rebounded, became one of Hollywood's, you know, A-list actors. Well, that's kind of a storyline that we can all rally behind. And yet it starts with a hard decision. Where are the other areas in our lives where like at the top of this, you know, conversation, when one of my clients sees this challenge, instead of having the courage to just own it and say, you know what, I'm the, the correlation to all of this. I'm the only common denominator and I'm going to change. Like yeah. that's what could happen in that courageous moment. And it says in, uh, I was in Forbes magazine, they said that organizations that act on their analytics have 33% higher profit growth. Now surprise, this is a surprise, right? So <laughs> like imagine when you actually look at your data and then can get really honest with it. So if you act on the data to course correct, if you act on data to be clear and transparent, you know, that could be something to do with stock prices. That can be the investors. That can be to your team, to your board. Sometimes we have to be courageous to actually articulate and take action in the things we know that are going to be best for our business in the long term, but in the immediate may feel a little uncomfortable. Yeah. And Angus, you brought up the resistance that we can feel when we feel that the, the we know there's a change that needs to happen, and yet it feels like everything in us is fighting it. And many times we're, and you talk about this, many times we're just trying to be safe, right? We, we've had experiences that have hurt us, right? Maybe we've had bad relationships, right? And so we decided to close off all emotions. I'm not going to open myself up to anyone else again. I'm not going to be hurt again, right? And so it's, it's, like a, it's like a defense mechanism when we feel that resistance to push away from whatever change we know we need to make because if we uh, because we're, we we don't want to get hurt again or we don't want to experience that uncomfortable thing do you know what I'm talking about oh for sure and taking that kind of responsibility for the stuff radical responsibility to like just own your stuff oh god like I mean, I can remember yeah. in my life, you know, even with my story, when I finally said, like, look, I have an addiction problem. Like that was embarrassing. That was, you know, vulnerability and transparency at the, at the time that I was not comfortable with. And yet taking that ownership, like I'm the problem. I'm, you know, the one doing this. And I've had to do this in my leadership where, um, what was it, you know, a year and a half ago, two years ago, when I fired myself, I just said, I, I'm not the leader this company needs. And so at the end of the day, I, I literally just said, I'm done. I'm fired. And tomorrow I'm coming back as a new employee, even though it's my company. Yeah. Like I had to come back as someone different. And then when I admitted that to you guys, like that hurt, that was crazy. But yet these are some things we have to do, but there's yeah. this other side of it too, is like, what's the cost of staying the same? Like, is that where you end up in jail? 
Is that where you end up in addiction? Is that where you end up with a heart attack? Is that where you end up in burnout? If you don't do something about this, does your team start to dissipate and people start dropping like flies? Like, I'm going to go work for this company. I'm quit. I like Because you didn't want to make a hard call about something you knew about? Well, yeah. if you don't change, then sometimes the universe changes things for you. And that pain is a lot harder. And Angus, I think that is one of the biggest power moves that we can do as leaders is to forecast, if I don't change, what is the dumpster fire that's going to happen in yeah. my family, in my relationship with my kids, with my business, if I don't make these shifts? And if someone can see that and see the, the train wreck ahead, man, it can help us take stock of the changes we need to make now to prevent mm -hmm. and to create a future that we really want. Yeah. Uh, I think another one, Angus, is this idea of valuing yourself to make the necessary investment. Um, when I'm talking with different members in our community, it frustrates the heck out of me when they will put some of their uh, self-improvement or some of the investments in themselves, they'll kind of put it off. And I'll ask them, like, if you had a big mover and shaker in your space and you had a big meeting with them, would you just like blow them off? And they're like, hell no, I'll never do that. And I said, then why are you blowing yourself off? Mm. But the idea of like, why are you breaking your commitments with yourself mm. readily when you would never do that to someone that you valued and thought was important? And so in some ways, it's actually valuing ourselves as the badass leaders that we are. It's mm -hmm. seeing ourselves and making those commitments and keeping them. Because when we realize that we're worth that investment, when we're worth making the change for, everything can start to change forward. Yeah, and then I would say the continuum of that, you know, the following that line of continuum then is, you know, on one hand, it's valuing yourself honoring yourself, honoring who you are, honoring your role, your position and your leadership. And then down the line of the continuum is like, I need to change because of my team. I need to change for the future of this company. I need to change for my spouse. I need to change for my kids. Like we aren't yeah. recognizing the value that we also represent to these other people and the value that they have in our lives, in our business, in our, you know, whatever. So and good. I think some of this comes to stories we have in our heads of things from our past, things we've gone through or whatever, and we forget how to reprioritize. We forget what's important because we're so focused on some crap story. We remember about something our sixth grade flag football coach said to us or you know, so-and-so that led my choir back in eighth grade or, you know, something maybe my parents did or my sisters, like all those different things that have happened through the course of our lives that we've allowed to attach meaning and negative meaning to are these just, just shit stories that now bleed into our leadership, bleed into us being able to make the moves, taking the ownership to have radical responsibility. Like we're allowing these stories that are not even true, we may have even made up, and we're having them keep us small, having them keep us weak, having them 
cause us to feel like the victim in our own story. Yeah. And, and it sucks. as soon as we can rewrite that new story, all of a sudden action can start taking place. And, and my final encouragement is to start taking simple, actionable, measurable plan to start somewhere. A Angus, um, you know me, but I tend to want to do big moves and I want, I'm a planner, right? So I want everything kind of laid out. And so I'm going to make this big change in my life and I'm going to do X and Y and Z. And, and it's almost like if I can't do that perfectly, I won't even try or I won't even start, right? I'll delay, I'll put it off, I'll procrastinate. And if we can start taking simple, actionable, measurable, like micro steps, toward that goal, toward that change, it creates a momentum, it creates a movement, it creates progress. And remember, progress over perfection. Let's move forward, we'll become a better human, a better leader, a better uh, father, mother, uh, you know, parent. Um, yeah. in, and that can change uh, everything. Just when you start getting those wins, one of my buddies called it stacking W's, right? You start oh. stacking those W's, all of a sudden it gets easier. The next bit of resistance that comes, you're like, oh, I'm going to knock that down because mm -hmm. I knocked down this other one and this other one and this other one. And if I could just really summarize real quick, like the practical steps you mentioned, take radical responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. So if we have a, an area of resistance where we know we need to change, we just own it. We own everything we can control and take radical responsibility. We ask what's the cost of staying the same. We value ourselves and value the, our loved ones enough to, that we're worthy of the investment. Uh, we rewrite the crap stories, and then we just start taking action in simple steps. And Angus, when I think of resources or podcasts or books or anything, any that you would recommend on this subject? <laughs> Normally, this is when we would do that, isn't it? And I would say, no, <laughs> that's your problem, yo. I'm not going to recommend anything because you are listening, you're whoever you are, wherever you are, and you're like, oh, I'm going to read this book by you know, that guy or that guy. I'm like, no, I want you to take action on what you already freaking know. Like, if there's anything I just want to underscore in this whole conversation, you know, just to kind of like, take this whole thing as the metaphor that it is in some form or fashion, I guess, is just take the action. What is it you know you can do in the next seven days, in the next week, that's going to move you forward? What's the thing that, uh, as the words are coming from your mouth, you're like, well, that's inappropriate. Oh, that's off base. Oh, that's sarcastic. And in that moment, you can make a choice to say, you know what? I probably was a little sarcastic in my response to you. And I just want to say, I'm sorry. And I'm going to try not to do that anymore because I honor you and I respect you. And I want you to feel like you can come to me and I'm not going to give you some kind of a barrage or make you feel disrespected or, or like whatever, fill in the blank with the thing that's meaningful. So ultimately at all of this, your opportunity is what's one small thing I can do to take action on this week. That's going to start a forward progress in my colleagues, with my team, with my spouse, with my kids. You know what you need to do. You are a brilliant, smart person who have gotten to this position in your life, in your business, in your you know, reality. 
And instead of questioning like, well, how do I change this? Just start with taking action on one small piece of something you already know about and be self-aware that when that thing pops up, you're like, "Mm, I did it again. Hey, let's do this different. And then take that simple action. Radical responsibility. Oh, oh, I'm going to own that. Oh, I'm going to care about the people around me. I'm going to give some value to them, value to myself. Here we go. I'm going to recognize the the cost of this. If I keep being sarcastic, it's going to start pushing people away. It's going to drive them. They don't want to feel safe in my present. They're not going to be honest with me. They're not going to tell me how they really feel. Got to change that. Well, then what about my stories? Maybe I'm being defensive. Maybe I'm thinking they're trying to do something they're not trying to do. Maybe I'm putting meaning on something. These are my stories. I'm going to own that crap. Oh, or finally, just going to do what I know I'm supposed to do. We all know if you want to lose weight, stop putting Twinkies in your mouth. Stop sitting on your your couch waiting for Blockbuster to turn into Netflix. Stop doing all the things that, you know, that, that cause the calories to build up. Like we know how to do these things. But will you take action? That's the definitive difference taking action on what you know, and you immediately set yourself apart from everyone else. And I guess you said something about resistance that I thought was powerful, and that when we feel the need to change, when we feel the internal resistance that is fighting the changes we know we need to make, it's actually because we're getting a promotion with the universe. It's like we're getting called up. Talk, Talk about that a little bit. I mean, it's a perfect example of how we started this whole show is my client feeling all the resistance, not wanting to take that action, not wanting to step forward. And I would tell you that the resistance you're feeling is like this thing where your subconscious wants to keep you in its little box. Like, oh, you're so beautiful. You're so cute. Stay right there in your little box. And here we are trying to maximize, optimize, become who we know we're capable of. And the moment you start taking the step forward, it's like the universe tries to stuff you right back into the box, right? That's what you're talking about. And I would tell you, is uh, I say this all the time, Joseph Campbell said that in the cave you fear to enter lies the treasure that you seek. Like this thing that you want to get to, this optimized self, this great leader, this incredible parent, this great spouse, this whatever that is, is typically on the other side of something you've been unwilling or um, unprepared to step into. And now the universe has presented it to you and say, are you ready now? And if you will persevere and push through that thing that you're afraid of, push through that thing that intimidates you, push through that thing that feels like the resistance, on the other side, you will be set free. On the other side of that will come a liberty. On the other side of that, you'll walk away from fear. On the other side of that, you'll see how powerful you truly are. On the other side of that, you'll become so cognizant of the fact that you are one powerful individual simply because you push past the resistance. Resistance is the invitation. And it says, come on higher. Get stronger. Be who you know you're capable of being. That's the challenge. Push the resistance by taking the action and you'll find an incredible 
resolution, a resolve, a strength, a fortitude, an audacity, a strength, a joy. You'll find all the things on the other side. And you'll actually step into your true power. Validate yourself, honor yourself enough to push through the resistance. And you'll see your entire world go to a completely different experience. And then go make it contagious. Tell someone else. Challenge them too. This is the journey we're on. The journey is action. Go take it. As we wrap up another episode of Evolve Leadership, thank you so much for taking time to invest in you. If there's to be any sustainable growth in your company or even in your relationships, you must grow first. And it's what I love to do for leaders, to help them grow, to challenge their thinking, sharpen self-awareness, to instill an unshakable confidence, and ultimately upgrade their sense of self. And we do this through our proprietary method called Agile EQ+ where we're leveraging agile leadership and emotional intelligence. We provide our signature training for individuals and for businesses, we've designed a unique curriculum for company-wide learning and development. If you'd like to learn more about our training or to schedule a call, you can simply go to evolveleadership.org. And until next time, stay driven, keep climbing, and never stop evolving.